In brightest day, in blackest night, all other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mars face evil's minds. Respect their power for they'll make you see the light. Hi everybody, I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lantern Cast. Chad, you sound horrible. Episode 384. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I was a little, little uh, under the weather lately, but whatever. I'm here. There's, I, have a, I have enough energy and sound coherent enough to do an issue recap. So here we go. <laughs> now, if I knew you were sick, if you told me you were told sick, you were... I would have, I would have volunteered to take the issue. Not that I'm necessarily. Unhappy with the fact that I'm not getting this issue now that I've read it, but <laughs> but there isn't too much to recap either, so it all depends on one's point of view, I, I suspect. That's true. We do have a anonymous voicemail to get to, so we're going to go ahead and queue up that. F- Phantom of the Lantern cast. <laughs> uh, you ready? Yeah, just making sure I have it here on the phone. All right, let's go for it. Hi, Lantern Cast. I just wanted to say thank you for all your hard work, especially suffering. Okay, what was that? <laughs> I'm assuming I'm still playing it now since you since you started playing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Take two. Now we're really playing it for real. Hi, Lantern Cast. I just wanted to say thank you for all your hard work, especially suffering through this Morrison stuff. So some of us don't have to. Uh, I really wish he wasn't ruining both Green Lantern and Dark Stars. Oh, sorry, I mean Black Stars. Um, just thanks. Keep the light burning. Bye. He sounds as enthused as we do sometimes. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, this is. Not, I'm not mocking. I'm not mocking you, caller. I find it quite amusing, but I think Chad, Chad and I can just relate to that. It's like a. Oh, we're having more fun than humans should be allowed to have. <laughs> well, thank, uh, well, thank you for appreciating uh, the, the sacrifices that we make. Uh, yeah. it's, it's my Green Lantern series. I want it now. Uh yeah, uh, I, I, to be fair, I wouldn't call I wouldn't call it suffering, but yeah, I mean, like I said last time, it's 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 good for what it is, but the fact that we're getting it in place of a Green Lantern series is irritating. So yes, yes, even though to be fair, I think his his critique is generally speaking clearly, <laughs> I think, based on what it seems to be. I mean, he's my interpretation was he was he was complaining about the Morrison run in general. Not yeah. Just, but still, 
Yeah, specifically to what you said, yeah, I think it's it's hard to imagine it. We know more of some will make it be relevant at some how when this ends that somehow there'll be some repercussions thereof down the road. But short term, it doesn't seem like it's hard to imagine this thing having a whole lot of ramifications unless the status quo is somehow really really different when this mini ends. Right, for sure. Um, so we have. Uh uh, you know, we got we got the voicemail. We got to play. If you guys want to leave a voicemail, let us know who you are at least, so we can. You don't have to give us, you know, name, rank, and serial number, but <laughs> if, if you want to give us a first name or a, a username on Twitter or something, just give us something so we know who we're talking to. Wait, we could hire a detective to track down the phone number. <laughs> we know who you are, um, but if it. We're not really complaining about that. It was kind of, it kind of was refreshing to us. like Chad. Do you know who this is? It's like no. I mean we. I mean in theory, maybe we should because maybe it's somebody who we've heard we've heard before and we just didn't place the voice. But but it was. It's just it's nice to have voicemail, so we're not complaining at all. If you want to be anonymous, be anonymous. <laughs> all right. Uh, what uh, trailer are we doing first? Uh, we're going in the in the order that I said. Yeah. Okay, so I guess we're going to do Wonder Woman first. Warner Brothers Pictures YouTube channel? Yeah, was, I'm, I'm at the one second mark. All right. And here we uh, go. My life hasn't been what you probably think it has. We all have our struggles. Have you ever been in love? A long, long time ago. You? So many times. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> Welcome to the future. Life is good, but it can be better. And why shouldn't it be? All you need is to want it. Think about finally having everything you always wanted. I can save today, but you can save the world. Steve. I am. Now, I take what I want in return. Everyone will see. Born from lies. And greatness is not what you think. It's all art. It's, uh, 
That's just a trash can. It's just a trash can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Uh, Chris Pine in a fanny pack. Uh, that, that the visual is funny. <laughs> <laughs> they do cap. They do a nice job of capturing the '80s flavor, not just with the music, but with the the nice. The nice oh god damn it! I'm sorry, dude. That's my phone. It's all right. Just just kill it and we're okay. We don't need to take it out. It's real life. It's live, yeah, I, people. I haven't figured. I haven't figured out how this happens, but somehow my phone is connected to my laptop. And anytime I am at the house or basically have my laptop open and my phone on me in the same room or same area, it will also ring on my computer. And I don't know how to stop that. Yeah, sorry. We'll go ahead. That's all right. Uh, yeah, the 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 the, vi- the mall the mall vibe it was was really good eighties. Forget about the you know forget about Stranger Things eighties. Just the that. That 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 really, I mean, Stranger Things kind of captured them all too. Um, to be fair, but this this really gave gave me more of a real '80s feel to it. The uh, when she was at the mall, and not just because Walden Books was back there. Uh, so yeah, I I, I like the vibe off the the vibe I like on this trailer was good. I like the fact that whether it's Gal Gadot being more comfortable or just the fact that Diana is supposed to be more comfortable being in the world, that she seems to be a little more outgoing uh, than she was in the in the first movie. Though, though, ironically, you can make the case she was less outgoing in BVS, but maybe there'll be something that happens at the end of this movie which would, which would kind of make make sense of that. I like Pedro Pascal, so um, I'll be cool to see how, his, you know, how, how good he is as Maxwell Lord. I think Kristen Wiig is a part of this trailer that still makes remains to be. I mean, she was fine based on the snippet that we saw, but she to me is the biggest wild card in this. I'm not overly sold as a her playing Cheetah. I think that's, I think that's still a, I think that's still a stretch. And I think, and I'm also obviously very curious to see what the deal is with Chris Pine, since he seems to actually be alive, based on the way he's interacting with things, including punching people and grabbing and using the gun and. But I'm, I'm so I'm curious to see what, what the Chris Pine thing is. Uh, yeah, because he for for a few several scenes early on in that trailer, he was like standing right next to her for most every part of it, which is kind of a trope or whatever you see when someone's imagining someone is there with them. Right, they're always like right next to them. Um, I don't know. I'm also curious if we'll get like the neck snapping thing, maybe. Uh, if you know it's Wonder Woman and Maxwell Lord, you have to think about it. Um, which would, which would potentially justify why she kind of like removed herself again, at least not entirely, but but as far as being more going back into her shell. Yeah, uh, the visuals look great. I like all the lasso work and the fact that she's throwing her headband and things like that. That looks really cool. Um, was she using the lasso to Spider Man across uh, the lightning bolts? <laughs> It looks like she was she was attaching herself to the to the lightning. Yes, yeah, that was cool. And the, uh, and the invisible plane for potentially. Yeah. So yeah, I, I just think visually it looks cool. Um, in terms of like how the movie actually is, I haven't heard good things. But uh, you know what? I'm gonna 
base base it on my own opinion and my own eyes and what I see. So thus far, it looks like it's fun. I think of of the three trailers we're talking about tonight. This is the one that I, I like. I think I like this one the most. I think I think this, even though this again technically is a teaser, this one gives you enough. Enough of what you want, but still, you you don't entirely you don't really know what the plot of this movie is. Um, and obviously, you don't see Kristen Wiig as Cheetah. You just see Kristen Wiig as Kristen Wiig, who obviously has a personal her character has a personal relationship with Diana, or is establishing one based on the conversation that begins this trailer. So I think I think this is the most effective trailer of the three we're going to be talking about tonight, and. I would say in the all-important area of whether it makes you more interested or less interested or just neither, I would say this makes me more interested in in this movie coming out. Um, So I think on that level, I would have to say it's a thumbs up. Yeah, definitely a thumbs up. So now we move on to Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters Uh, Afterlife. All right, which one are we doing? Sony Pictures Entertainment? Uh, Yes. Okay, let's see here. All right, I'm ready when you are. All right, okay. Ready, set, go. What are you doing here in Somerville anyway? Honestly, my mom won't say it, but we're completely broke. And the only thing that's left in our name is this creepy old farmhouse our grandfather left us in the middle of nowhere. Why'd you bring me up here? Entertainment value? What is that? I don't know. Somehow, a town that isn't anywhere near a tectonic plate, that has no fault lines, no fracking, no loud music even, is shaking on a daily basis. Under the dining table now! Hey, remember that one summer we died under a table? I found this in my living room. Whoa, killer replica. A replica of what? A ghost trap? There hasn't been a ghost sighting in 30 years. New York in the 80s? It's like The Walking Dead. Your dad never mentioned this to you? It's just my mom. My grandfather died. My mom says we're just here to pick through the rubble of his life. Wait a minute. Who are you? Call it fate. Call it luck. Call it karma. That everything happens for a reason. Come on, darling. It has a gunner seat? All right, what do you think? Um, 
I liked it. Uh, I haven't seen the show, so maybe this is a bad comparison. You tell me if I'm wrong. I got like a very Stranger Things vibe from it. Everybody got a Stranger Things vibe off of it, not just because Finhard or Wolfhard or whatever the hell his name is 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 it. Well, I mean, I've 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 never seen Stranger Things at all, so um, and yet I still got that vibe off of it. No, there is there there is, and I think that's. I think for the people that like this trailer, that's one of the reasons that they that they they like it, uh, along with Paul Rudd because everybody likes Paul Rudd. Uh, Who's whose uh, jumpsuit was that? I, it was like a half a second. I'm pretty sure it was Egon's because I think they're setting the. I mean, it, it seems like they're clearly setting it up even before you get to that point that they must be the kids must be Egon's grandkids. Gotcha. That's what it's. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it said. It said Spengler on the uniform. I'm pretty sure it did. Uh, but even but since the little girl kind of almost looks like a dead, they, she kind of looks like a dead ringer for Harold Ramis, but the glasses and the hair and everything. So I, even without that, I still would, I would have firmly believed based on the way they were setting it up that she's that they are the Spengler family. But I'm pretty sure that that jumpsuit did say, did say Spengler. Uh, for me, for me, I think it's. Maybe it's a little surprising that they played it up to be so serious because that's not that's not really you know Ghostbusters was always mostly you know mostly comedy really at the end of the day uh, so the fact that they were going so hard with the you know with the serious vibe off of this I'm not and maybe to be fair maybe they just did that to try to erase you know kind of like the stench of the 2016 movie maybe to try to but again, it's not really going with the true vibe necessarily off the original. I think it. I think it looks so. It doesn't look horrible. I think it could be good. I still think it's a fail to not have any of the new go, the original Ghostbusters in this trailer. <laughs> they definitely have to have them in the next trailer. I know. I heard. I saw a friend of mine say, "Oh, you know what? If they were smart, they wouldn't have them in any of the." Tra-. And it's like, no. That, in my opinion, that'd be stupid because that would because people are people are already burned in the 2016. They, we got a quote unquote Ghostbusters movie that mo- the majority of people didn't want. Uh, and then to, I mean, we know from everything we hear that you know they are in this movie along with Sigourney Weaver and things like that. So, but the the more you don't show them at all. Even if they, let's say they let's say they have a, some of them at least have a sizable role in this movie. Now, if it's just a glorified cameo, which I think would be a little misleading to people overall, but let's say it is just a glorified cameo for everybody involved, then okay, then then you it wouldn't be false advertising, you know, and you and you're trying to sell the movie on its own because you don't want to mislead people into thinking these guys are going to be more a bigger part of the movie than they are. However, if they do play at least a substantial part of the movie, at least some of them, to not show them at all would be stupid because that's your selling point. No matter how you slice it, your selling point are the original Ghostbusters. So to not do that. Now, this is a teaser trailer, and because it's a teaser trailer, while I still I still ne- do not necessarily think from a marketing perspective that was the smartest move, but it's, a, but it's just to whet your appetite. So I think you can probably get away with that a little bit. It wasn't as critical that this movie hit a home run with its teaser trailer. Let's say like Star Wars Episode Nine, which did not hit a home run at all with its teaser trailer. This, but this is also another franchise coming off a poorly received last entry, 
where the fan base is not happy. So they, there's a, they, it's not nearly as big a fan base and not nearly as big a franchise. How, I mean, arguably, it should never. It was never a franchise. You had one really big movie and a and a sequel, which kind of underachieved. I remember that when that movie first came out, it was called like the first hundred million dollar bomb when Ghostbusters two when Ghostbusters two came out. So the reality is, they're not. The franchises are no way, no way, shape, or form are they equal, but they're in similar bad positions right now. So they had an opportunity here. And I don't think they, I, I don't think they hit the ground running with it. Now they, it's, it already looks more intriguing to me than the 2016 version, but I don't know if the, if the kid Ghostbuster aspect of it alone. Now, yeah, having Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd was a huge saving grace in this, but I don't know if, I don't know if they're going to be able to sell this movie just on this alone. So I do think that, that for a teaser, it's passable. I think they they need to have more of a presence of the original Ghostbusters in the next in the full trailer whenever they do that, unless again unless they're really not gonna unless they're barely in this movie and then I guess you can do what you want and it doesn't really matter because no matter what you're kind of gonna be screwed then, you, like we said you false you show them people think they're in it more they'll be upset if they're not in it then you and you, and you make it clear by your advertising you know it's not misdirection that they're not in it then people might be unhappy too so. But this has a chance to be okay regardless, and I think that's a plus, a step in the positive direction for, for Ghostbusters. I mean, I thought it I thought it was great. I thought – I mean, I definitely agree with you having the original cast in the, in the trailers is going to be beneficial, and, you know, that's their cash cow. That's what they need to do. But I thought they did a good job of, like – you know, showing the ghost trap, showing the Ecto-1, showing, you know, footage of the Ghostbusters, you know, like really heavily referencing uh, without actually showing the the cast members in whatever their new role is going right, to obvious, be. Not counting, yes, the TV. The TV yeah, the TV. so, so I, I, th- I thought they, they touched on the nostalgia in just the right ways without actually taking the step of having them in the trailer. I think that's true. I mean, I think there's there's truth in that. At least they firmly established that it's in the same universe. They firmly established that no, this is not an alternate t- universe where these all these people were not Ghostbusters, and there were never Ghostbusters before. At least they've established that you know this is this is in the world in which you know we assume Ghostbusters too as well. Now at least the you know at least the original Ghostbusters and in all log in all logically Ghostbusters two existed in and these characters existed in. So, yeah. I I mean I, I I get why people like it and I get why that may not be a big sticking point. I just I just see this I I see it as somewhat problematic just because of where what they're coming off of. You know, if, they, if you didn't have the 2016 movie and this was the first Ghostbusters movie you were doing since Ghostbusters two, then I think some people would still have been disappointed that you didn't have these any of the original surviving Ghostbusters in it. But you could get away with it for a teaser trailer because it's kind of just like wetting, wetting the app. Like I said, wetting the appetite. The fact that you are coming off such a poorly received entry, and you tr- and while well, yes, this clearly establishes, like I said, that, that this is in the same universe, that this is not an alternate reality, or that I think that I think that helps, and I do think that this could this could be good in focusing at least having you know the kids be the be a huge focal point. I think that's a plus or can be a plus. But at the end of the day, the selling point for this movie is still going to be the original Ghostbusters. 
and if the and if the original Ghostbusters are not in this movie, and and let's say we find and we find that out that when I mean not in this movie, I mean not in any substantial way, shape, or form, not just showing up at the end for you know for like two minutes or whatever. That and people find out about this before the movie comes out. I think that's going to make this movie a much harder sell. Unless for it doesn't mean it can't make money. It just means that. But Ghost, like, it's, but Ghostbusters has always been a weird thing, whether it's really a franchise or not. I mean, so it's, I don't know. This maybe this maybe it turn they could turn out to be right to try to just reference the mythology enough, but not be so tied to it because the t- the track record with the mythology is still is somewhat shaky. People are nostalgic towards it, but but how successful has it really been since the, since the first movie? And so. I, I, I honestly, I would this of the three of, of our three trailers tonight. This is my least favorite. Which isn't saying. Uh, I mean, because it's still, I still consider it a good trailer. So that's not saying that it's like the, a shitty trailer. No, no, it's not. It's it's not. It's not. It's not a shitty trailer. I just, I just know I saw a lot of people who were ma- who are who were really seemed really really happy with this trailer. And to me, no, I don't. I was definitely stoked. Well, that's that, and 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 that, and you definitely are not. You're not by yourself in feeling that way because many people seem to to really respond, you know, well to this trailer. To me, it just. But but then again, I don't know. Maybe maybe ultimately, in an odd way, maybe my ties to the my ties to the concept of the franchise are not particularly strong. So maybe my only real ties are to the actors. Uh, maybe without those actors, it's you know, it's not like a Green Lantern core thing where you know you you can replace you can replace certain characters over time and still and because of what they stand for and what they do and the potential of these characters to evolve that you're okay with it and you can say oh you know what i was i wasn't happy when that i was not happy when that happened but now but now i'm okay with it and and i think that was a good move i don't maybe maybe for me objectively it's just one of those things where it's just uh i'm i'm tied directly to the three surviving Ghostbusters that are left, and, and and any members of the original, you know, of the original cast of the first two movies, and after that, doesn't mean which I can't get. Doesn't mean I can't get hooked, but it just means from an appeal perspective that the only thing that'll draw me back in, to you know, to make me really interested in seeing this movie, to get me in the theater, will be the original Ghostbusters. All right, what's our last trailer? Let's play Bond. No time to die. Uh, what channel? I'm on James Bond 007. Okay, let's see here. And, nope, no captions available on this one. Good thing I just saw it a minute ago. All right, here we go. Why would I betray you? We all have our secrets. We just didn't get to yours yet. The world is arming faster than we can respond. Where's 007? I need a favor, brother. You're the only one I trust for this. The world's moved on, Commander Bond. You were double O? Two years. So stay in your lane. You get in my way. I will put a bullet in your knee.
I thought you two would get along. Name? Bond. James Bond. So you're not dead. Hello, Q. I've missed you. It's the most valuable asset this country has. If you feel yourself losing control, I'm not going to lose. Control. James, you gave up everything for her. When her secret finds its way out, it'll be the death of you. What is it? You don't know what this is. James Bond, licensed to kill. History of violence. I could be speaking to my own reflection. Only your skills die with your body. Mine will survive long after I'm gone. History isn't kind to men who play God. Catch twenty two with Bond. I like Bond. Um, I like the Bond universe. I've seen a great deal, if not all, of the movies. Um, that's another thing Dad and I watched together a lot. It wasn't like he's made a point to it, like he did with the Godzilla films. But I do remember watching a lot of the Bond films with my dad. Um, I just, I think my problem is I don't think I, I I've seen a lot of them. I don't think I like Daniel Craig as Bond. Daniel Craig is gr- – one of the reasons why I, want, I actually watched this trailer as soon as it came out, and I normally probably wouldn't have done a Bond trailer. But I actually finally got to watch Quantum of Solace the other day because oh, about a week or so ago, probably like maybe like a week before this trailer dropped because of the fact that Quantum of Solace, not that it, I had a huge desire to see that movie when it came out because plot-wise it didn't seem particularly interesting to me. But I had never seen it, so it was one of the only – Craig Bond I hadn't seen and it was free on Amazon Prime so I finally I finally watched it so I think Daniel Craig's Bond grow, has grown on me a little bit but that's more because I think I like Daniel Craig more not necessarily because I like his his take on Bond his take on Bond is very Sean Connery like so if you like Sean Connery as Bond you'll probably like Daniel Craig and I do like Sean Connery. He's one of my favorites, if not my favorite. I just I don't know what it is. I honestly don't. It's not like I don't it's not like I hate the movies. It's not like I'm like coming out of it going, "Oh, that was a bad action movie or that was a bad portrayal of Bond or that definitely wasn't a Bond flick or whatever." It's you know, it's got all the things, but it's just like they've written so many Bond movies at this point. It's just like I I don't know that there's a unique story left to tell because at this point we're just like, all right, when's he going to say shake and not stern? When's he going to say Bond, James Bond? When is he going to, you know, like we're, 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 we're like 
ticking things off that make us go, ah, yeah, we're in a Bond movie. Where's the cool gadget? Where's the Aston Martin? You know, like, and all of these things. And it's just like, I don't, I don't. I, I hate to say it because it's a great franchise and, and you know, it's, it's essentially all, all you really have to stick is with the bare bones and just say spy. So it's not like, it's not like the spy franchise is dead or, and you can't do something new with the spy franchise. It's just, there's been so many bond movies now. I'm just like, I'm, I, maybe I'm just burned out on bond. I don't know, but I, I do know I, do, I there's something about Daniel Craig that don't get me wrong. It's not like I don't enjoy it. It's just, when I see it, I'm not like put it this way. If they said tomorrow Daniel Craig is no longer going to do any more Bond movies or whatever, which is true, <laughs> or, or, they, or if they said it several movies ago, I wouldn't have been upset about it. I think the problem with his Bond is that he's there's no suaveness to his Bond. Just stern and concerned about stuff. He's 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 much more he's much. He's much more cold. He's much more bottom line, which actually, if you go back and you'll watch a lot of the Sean Connery Bonds, he, in all honesty, and I think I probably have watched now all the Sean Connery Bonds because between the last couple of years, they, it's like they, they keep alternating. Once Sometimes all these, almost all the Bond or all the Bond movies are free on Prime and sometimes they're all free on Netflix. Uh, and I never – you know, I grew up in the Roger Moore era, so Roger Moore is Bond to me. So Sean Connery had already gone, was gone by the time I think I ever watched my first James Bond movie. I don't particularly like Sean Connery as James Bond. I think I think he's I, I know it's a different era and you have to factor that in. And I more and I definitely am not, you know I'm not going to try to judge the way he behaves by today's standards because I hate when people do that with other things. When you look at history and you hold people, you know you can't, it's, it's a dangerous way to look at the to look at history judging it always through the prism of where you are now and and your standards but i just i just didn't think i just didn't think he was a particularly you know likable likable guy and i just, and i think and to me, and i think but I, I do think there's a i do think there's a commonality between the, the craig bond i mean this is the closest bond i think other than maybe uh license to kill with uh timothy dalton other than that movie, when he was out, basically it was a revenge mission. That that's about the only other bond I think we've had since Connery that's that's close to the Daniel Craig like bond. I mean, Timothy Dalton in that movie was kind of like the way uh, Daniel Craig is almost all the time. Uh, I think it's all. I think it's also somewhat problematic, and I know it's not. It's not entirely new. That there's common threads going on through the Bond movies. I mean, obviously, like in the original movies, there was always Spectre and things like that. I mean, you know, Blofeld was in a, you know, was in ton, it was in a bunch of different movies played by different actors. So we know, it just seems to me that there's that so there was a, so much from one Bo- Craig movie to the other. They keep tying everything in together, where it becomes. I understand. There is a plus to that because it makes people it makes you more invested in it, but it also makes it harder if you're a casual fan if you just see a trailer you like. But even by the things you see in the trailer, or there's a, actors in the movie you like, but you also know just based on the teaser trailer alone that okay, there's a backstory here which seemingly I'm going to be lost in potentially unless I saw like the last movie. I mean, I don't. I saw Spectre, but I don't remember Jack about it. I I, I saw Spectre just like I. Uh, I think the only one of his bonds I really liked was Casino Royale. I liked Casino Royale. I thought that was I thought that was 
thought that was pretty good. But I like Daniel Craig more, so I think I think I've warmed to his Bond a little bit. I don't, but he's not. You know, he's not James Bond. He's not James Bond to me, really. I and I and usually James Bond to whoever that person is is the person they either grew up with or the first person. And growing up, this does not necessarily mean who's Bond. Really, doesn't mean necessarily the Bond who's there at the time they they're old enough to to go to movies it's maybe the, the it could very easily be the first bond that they ever watched may not be you know you could have grown up let's say in the in the Daniel Craig era but maybe Pierce Brosnan was the first bond that you ever watched movies with so to to you Pierce Brosnan is James Bond I think I think it's an it's an it that's an interesting thing about who James Bond is to different people I also I also think in all honesty it's getting a little old having all these titles with die die in the you know you had uh, you have no time to die you had tomorrow tomorrow never dies die another day live and live and let die I mean that's a pretty common word in James Bond <laughs> and James Bond movies so uh, I don't think from a plot perspective I'm and I'm not a, and I'm not into the what, Rami Malek drug of the moment guy you know actor of the moment thing either so him being a villain i know pumps some people up to me yeah in all honesty they're really the i think the trailer is effective as a trailer but i don't see anything in the story that they're trying to push based on what you can pick up out, out of the trailer that makes me want to go see it just for that i mean it's always cool to have another double o in there yeah but, but i think yeah i i think you're right but i think this is going to be it's going to be a little shaky here with it's going to be a little shaky here to see if uh lashana lynch how people react to her since since we we know that supposedly that at least the rumors are they're trying you know that she's going to like be taking over whether it doesn't mean that she she could that technically they could get away she could technically take over and be 007 but not be james bond she, because obviously she's a separate character, so she can't be James Bond unless they're going to make James Bond a code name now. But the reality is, she could technically take over his double O code number, I suppose, if he if he retires. But I don't, I I don't know. I do agree with you. I think having double O's, whether they're good double O's or bad double O's, like uh, with uh, with Goldeneye and things like that. I with Sean Bean. I think it's in, I think it's cool when they do that. I, but I couldn't help but watch that interaction between those two characters when she's giving him a hard time and think, you know, realistically, the James Bond we know would, you know, would just put her in her place pretty quickly or, or would put her in her place when the time comes, which doesn't mean he won't in the movie anyway. But instead of, you know, him just like, uh-huh, 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 that – and that was just – just but James Bond's reputation of her kind of giving him the attitude that she gave him. I will probably see this movie. I don't think the I think the trailer was very the, the it was very nicely put together, but I don't think the plot makes me want to go see the movie. But I could be say that, but honestly, I could pretty much have said that about all, other than Casino Royale, all the Bond movies that Daniel Craig has been in. So, all right, uh, Far Sector. Far Sector. All right, we're just barreling through, guys, and we're gonna. This uh, issue is no different. <laughs> the end. <laughs> All right. So, uh, by the way, um, so uh, Dan texted me. Did, did you notice that? Because uh, you, you haven't watched it yet, you, you probably didn't. That's his moot question. But the shirt that Lantern Joe is wearing on the cover of Far Sector Number Two 
is a Gurren Lagann shirt. Oh, is it really? Yeah. It's a good pickup there by Dan. So according to so he tweeted it and evidently um evidently uh NK Jemison liked his tweet when he picked up on the hint. So that's what it is apparently. All right, so where is the creative team here? Are they at the end again? God damn it. Just do it at the end then. But yeah, yes, I'll do it. But yes, it, it is at the end. All right, I'll do it at the end. Uh, started to page through. Uh, that's always a pain in the ass on this thing. All right, so uh, we pick up where we left off. Lantern Joe, her name is so Sojourner, but I'm calling her Lantern Joe just for anybody who doesn't remember from my last issue recap. Lantern Joe is chasing down the murderer of the murderer. Um, uh, from the last issue, she's trying to find him in a sea of people, ends up losing him. And as she freaks out on losing him or her, who we don't know, she loses her focus and easily starts to almost fall, has to grab on to someone. They help her down, uh, over in the crime scene, uh, basically the holding cell cell where the murderer was killed. They're doing um, some, uh, you know, just some forensics, whatever they can to figure out what happened. The initial screening of this person before they died, or maybe that, maybe it was after. Uh, uh, well, so hold on. The initial screening of the person that this murderer killed, <laughs> the one that's the one that's dead here, the suspect, uh, the suspect of the body we found in the first issue. <laughs> Yes. Uh, so there, we were talking about last issue how everybody on this planet has voluntarily kind of kind of purged emotions as their, as a species. We learn a little bit later in the same issue that they still feel things, sort of. So it's not like they're completely just vapid and emotionless. It's just not as intense as just your natural emotion. But that there's a sort of drug of the moment out there that that sort of lifts those inhibitions uh, or rather lifts, lifts that veil and allows them to feel things and they kind of get a high off of it. Um, at least that's how I, how I uh, interpret what I've read here. So uh, as they're kind of going uh, through this, they're saying that, you know, this, this this person that the person who died in the first issue had the emotion uh, exploit, but those genes had gone dormant, which means she must have been on switch off for weeks. This is what that drug is called, switch off. And the emotion exploit is what I was talking about earlier, where they, you know, kind of purge emotions from themselves. Lantern Joe's like, okay, okay, you take it over. We'll talk later because uh, she sees one of the counselors from pr- the previous issue. Uh, watching, you know, things, how things are going, uh, in the cleanup. And, uh, and this is the, uh, Catopoli, 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 uh, council member. Um, he makes a couple of comments about, uh, kind of bringing her up to speed on the way his species works. Uh, and he says, you know, hey, I forget your new. Imagine yourself, Hollow Lantern Mullion, uh, aching with emptiness, cold with it, 
alone inside your own skin, and in that moment you feel warmth. Something fills you, not merely flesh, but a presence, another soul, as bright and as strong as your uh, as your own. And she says, so you're saying that with um, without the emotion exploit, all Ketopoli might chow down on their fellow citizens because they're lonely? He says, no, we might chow down because you smell delicious. But at least with the emotion exploit, we ask first. And he says, I'd be happy to provide further insight into my species. We'll talk later if you want. I've got other stuff to attend to. Bye. Um, she uh, goes over to Sizen's uh, place or Sizen goes over to her place. It's kind of hard to tell. And she makes uh, a, what she considers to be as cl- a close replica to coffee. Um and the two are kind of talking back and forth. She talks about her exchange with the Catopoli uh, individual saying that he said that I smelled tasty. She explains that the Catopoli evolved to prefer other thinking beings as food before contact between our world and theirs. They ate each other. After they got to know the Na, they ate us too. And that's Sizen's. That's Sizen's race. It's a spiritual thing, the ultimate interpersonal connection. You smell delicious means uh, Averup, which is the Katopoli she was speaking to earlier, the council member, respects you. That's a useful connection that you should take advantage of, but it also means he wants to eat you. Don't ever forget that. So they're going uh, back and forth on that. They talk a bit more about the – the switch off and, and all of this stuff. They talk about their own relationship and how, uh, Susan reacts to Lantern Joe. She says, uh, that Susan says she's a bit creeped out by Lantern Joe because she expected her to be wilder, less rational, more impulsive. Like we must've been at the time of burnover. This is, you know, uh, before they did the emotional purge. You're getting a lot of history here. She said, instead, you're rational when you need to be and impulsive when you need to be. You're in control of your emotions, even though you're exempt from the exploit. It scares me, I suppose, that you don't need the exploit because I do. And uh, Lantern Joe asks her if she's tried switch off, uh, but uh, Susan says she's uh, never had, but she said even through the exploit i feel such rage sometimes such sadness just a hint muted but enough the emotion exploit has given the city peace for centuries and even though i regret not being given a choice about it i'm grateful for the strength it lends me that you go through life just trusting yourself i wish i could do that joe i really do um so she's I, I kind of read all that because it gives – I think it's going to give us our best picture of the sort of emotionlessness or the sort of emotional state of all these beings on this planet um, going forward. Lantern Joe is trying later on to go through various camera angles, all the evidence, try and figure out what's going on. Uh, she kind of reaches a wall, decides to go see Counselor Marth, who from our last issue told her to come find him when she has a chance. She goes to do so. He invites her to dance after she asks him for the information to get and speak with the family of the victim, the the Na victim, which is the victim from the first issue. 
Uh, he gives her he after they dance, he gives her a file, but says it's still best if you um, approach the family directly. He refers he refers to the family of the Na that died as part of his ship clan. Uh, and maybe it's important as we read the series to kind of make note of the important definitions. I think ship clan might be one of them because they explain ship clan here as uh, after the burnover. So the burnover is essentially what happened uh, when the planets were destroyed before they all came together uh, and, uh, and everything of these several races, uh, that's the burnover ship clan refers to before the, all the planets could be rebuilt and everybody came together and the big cities and all this stuff after the burnover, everybody was sort of living on these individual ships. And this is why we're getting these long names like, uh, Steven, uh, Steven of the wavering dark of the Wavering Dark. The Wavering Dark refers to a ship. These beings lived on ships before their planets were rebuilt. And ship clan, and they, we're talking a long time. They lived a long, like, I, I, I'm from the impression I'm getting here, uh, generations lived on these ships. So whatever ship you were on, the name of the ship, that's your ship clan. That's part of your name. So that's why you're getting some of these long names like of the, and stuff like that. Uh, the streaking ice, the Sentinel of quiet, that sort of a thing. Uh, and then he says, uh, something he says, uh, she says, you seem different. He says, do I, she says, he says, perhaps the stress of being kept waiting so long has unhinged me. And her, her eyes get big and she says, oh, hell, this man is a goddamn problem. He's on switch off. And he says, so, Joe, let's talk about murder. And that is the end of that issue. Interesting. Um, I enjoy it. The art, the art still keeps it up here. Um, I thought it was really well done. Um. Is it just me or the colors sort of muted a little bit and not like not like severely, but just enough to make the greens a little duller, the purples a little duller or washed out or whatever. But like they do it with everything. So it works. Right. I mean, clearly that's, you know, that that's the style they're going for. But you are correct. I'd say there, there really aren't vibrant colors in this in this book even even colors that you would think would be popping more like purples and certain greens and everything but they yeah it's it it's definitely not it's definitely muted is a good way to describe the i think the overall color scheme or the approach to color in this uh in this book yeah and the you know the panel layouts everything looks pretty great artistically speaking Weird that they they did this whole Morpheus thing, <laughs> right? At in the, the beginning, yes. Yeah, uh, but I mean, it's not like you know they only did it for four panels, so it's not like uh, on the first page. So it's not like they did it for an extended period of time or kept popping back to it. It looks like they were just having some fun, so uh, that was cool. Um, so far, I mean, it's it's a murder mystery in space, and she's still following the trail, and we're getting more information. I mean, basically, I hate to say it because it feels like it's just we're just ending the review or and the review and recap just willy nilly, but 
all I can really say about this is my opinions and thoughts from the first issue still stand with the second. It's a murder mystery in space. It's pretty straightforward. We're getting to learn about this new world and this new lantern, but we're not doing so in such a way that I feel lost. They're explaining things new to me at just enough of a pace to where I don't feel overwhelmed. I think – Overall, I would agree. I think overall, I think my my opinion on this book has not dramatically shifted in the second issue. I don't think I was enthused in for this issue as much. I think, and I and I don't know why that is. Maybe part of it is because now I'm trying. I'm looking at things with a fine tooth comb more because I'm trying to figure out exactly what the deal is with her powers. And whether there is something weird going on with her, whether she's actually a core member, whether she's because we still have yet to get we didn't get any real we didn't get any more of her origin in in this issue. So maybe I'm I'm looking at it more with a critical eye in that perspective. So I'm I'm tempering. I I'm just analyzing myself. I don't know. Maybe uh, you hear that, Dan? You psyched him out of enjoying a book. But it was but it's it was good. But I I don't know I. Actually, I got to be honest with you. The f bomb took me out of the issue a little bit too. I thought that was kind of inappropriate. Not that we don't drop them on the show, but the fact that that it, it took me a second to realize, oh my god, I'm actually just reading that on the page in this comic book. <laughs> I thought that was. I must have missed it. Like it, it must be like so just like so un un uh, unjarring to me. Where was it? Page six. Oh, okay. Yeah, got it. Yeah. Yeah. That that's a pro. I mean, I it's again. I don't want to be like a, be a prude or be or just be a hypocrite because Lord knows we we and I especially can drop f bombs with the best of them. But to me, that's that seemed a little inappropriate just because we don't really get that stuff. You don't really see written in the kind of comic book page. Uh, so I, I it just yeah, it just seemed weird. I mean, it just seemed like it, it wasn't necessary. Uh, I mean, obviously, it gets the point across considering where she is, and that's when she's losing her concentration and and whatever you know her 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 ability to fly and or you know, her inability to make a construct to save her ass. Uh, so, but that's just something. That's a small, relatively small nitpick, but I did notice it, so I thought that was that just struck me as. You know, one of these things is not like the other. I liked it. It was good. I'm. It's still. It's still more of an interesting book than the Morrison stuff right now. Being honest, so I think it's still. It's still a. Still a thumbs up, and you get bonus points on the cover too for a little like John Stewart pseudo Funko Funko thing on it. Um, may not really be a bobblehead, but it's a statue nonetheless. The little John Stewart thing. Um, <clears throat> So I'm trying to think what she's reading, if it's anything of uh, – because it's obviously backwards. I liked it. I I think it's – it certainly if – it would not have changed my mind if I did not, ha- quote, unquote, have to review this or we had not decided we were going to. And I was just reading this book not related to the show. I wouldn't be dro- – I wouldn't – this issue wouldn't make me drop it. Let's put it that way. And I know that doesn't seem like much of a compliment, but if you're rolling the dice on stuff and on number one issues, lots of people drop it by issue two. That's why number one issues sell so much better than number two issues. 
not just from the collectability perspective, even though we know now number one issues don't really mean all that much these days from a collectability perspective, but because a lot of people get number one issues because it's a number one, and then they read it, and it's like, okay, I it didn't really grab me, and it's not worth it, and I don't want to continue it for number two. I wouldn't be dropping this book yet, no matter what. I, I'm still intrigued enough to see what to see what's going on, and <coughs> I would. I mean, I, I know there's like twelve. I know there's twelve issues, so we have t- what ten more issues to go. I also know, by the way, this book is a seven age of seventeen and up book, so I guess that's how they can justify throwing the f bomb on the page. But still. But ten more issues to go. They obviously have a lot of story they can tell in ten issues. I do hope we start getting a little bit more of her origin. I hope it's not going to be where, you know, we get like a panel or two, like maybe a panel or two every other issue until we get to like issue six or seven, and and then maybe then we then and then we start getting more and more. I don't know. It depends. I think it depends on what the how the story how they maintain the story for me. I think I think that. They have to. They have to keep fleshing this this out and kind of like, you know, going deeper and deeper into the uh, rabbit hole, if you will. They have to make have to keep keep me intrigued into going deeper into that rabbit hole, and then maybe maybe I won't be as it wouldn't bother me as much about about the origin being, you know, secondary at this point. But I think it's important to figure out what's going on with her and who she really is and what she really is. So I think that's why. I've, I'm kind of I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, for sure. Um, in the meantime, I'm just here along for the ride. Oh, by the way, guys, story N.K. Jemison, uh, art and color Jamal Campbell, lettering Duran Bennett, <clears throat> cover Jamal Campbell, assistant editor Maggie Howell, editor Andy Corey, and DC's Young Animal, curated by Gerard Way. Nicely done. All right. Anything else we wanted to talk about? Excuse me. Um, I don't think so. So, but even though, uh, are you really gonna bail on that Star Wars episode? Or are you only gonna bail if we do it super fast? <laughs> if I don't see it by the time you do it, yes. But yeah, but we don't necessarily have to make. We don't have to do it. We don't have to necessarily record that episode like within a week of the movie coming out. We don't necessarily have to, but. I found that I just thought I just there was no reason for me to think you didn't plan on seeing it within the first week. Well, I mean, I plan on seeing it. It's just I'm not going to make an effort to see it sooner rather than later. I'm just, you know, going to be like, all right, Dad, what's your schedule like? That's basically what I'm going to do. And if he's if he says, hey, I'm not going to be available till, you know, after January 1st or whatever, I'll be like, all right, well, I guess I'll see it with you then. Got you. Yeah, I mean, and 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 uh, you know, part of me too is it, it's it's not like you've ever said you were irritated about it, but like you know, part of it too is that you know sometimes when you're talking about the Star Wars stuff and you're going off on special speculation or other ideas or stuff like that, at the end of it, and I'm just like, yeah, cool. What's that? <laughs> you know, like no, you know, I know, I know. I, I, know. Did, I just didn't want. I just didn't want to get in a situation where I was part of the episode, but also maybe being very, very quiet through most of it. <laughs> just like, just like hitting the. Uh, it's, it's Chad's turn to talk. He hits the button. Yeah, that's right. I, 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 I agree with that. And every next time, hit the button. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> yeah, you know, just, you know, if if I if I, you know, I'm just. 
I mean, it, it's entirely possible I come out of the movie going, oh, man, that was better than Last Jedi or, or whatever. But, like, at the current moment, with the current expectations, with the things I have read about it so far, I'm just like, hmm, I'll see it when I see it. I'm just – and uh, I don't think I'm going to make a concentrated effort to go see it before my dad is ready to go see it. So – Gotcha. That that was a that was a missing component. I didn't I didn't know how much. I think when we talked about it earlier, it wasn't as prefaced as in that. That's being the X factor. Uh, yeah, I mean, like my like the Godzilla movies. I did I make a point to go see it with my dad? Sure, but I was also very excited to see it. So I saw it as quickly as possible, and then went to see it a second time and took my dad. With this, I just don't feel. <laughs> sort of excitement so i really doubt i'm going to want to watch it a second time at least as my current expectations stand so with that expectation in mind if i'm only going to see it the once i might as well just wait till dad's ready to see it i got you so it's a combination it's a combination of one of seeing it of seeing it with him but it's a combination of the fact that your enthusiasm your enth- your enthusiasm level is so minimal that it's not. It wouldn't drive you to go see it on your own, right? Even if he couldn't, if he got delayed. God, I, I got you. Uh, trust me. I mean, if he ended up saying, "I'm, I'm, hey, son, I'm not going to see it by the time it's, you know, a, going out of theaters," I'd be like, "All right, well then, I guess I'll go see it at some point," you know. But, but, uh, you know, it's it, it's really doubtful that he's not going to be able to see it between the time it comes out and the time it leaves theaters. So I'll just wait for him. And plus, we also realistically, if, the point really, the point really could be moot because we don't know. Even though Corwin's the one who brought all this up, Corwin, <laughs> uh, there's no guarantee Corwin would be available to record any earlier than you would anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned it to Jim, but we know that. that I want to mention it to Dan just because Dan has a different take on Star Wars. So, um, but the reality is, there's no, there's no guarantee we could pull that episode together. You know, in a relatively timely fashion to begin with, but I guess we'll have a better idea once the after next week when the movie, excuse me, but the movie comes out. Um, but yeah, but I, I I feel you with the enthusiasm level because I have no enth- I have I have never been less enthused to go see a Star Wars ever. That includes Solo. I have never been less enthused to go see a Star Wars movie than I am about about. There is no excitement at all in me. Now, again, you go in with such low expectations, then maybe it's maybe it's almost destined, or almost has to be better than, because you're expecting it to be, you know, such a, you know, such a shit show. But there isn't, there is, yes, there's nothing I've heard that makes me think, oh yeah, this is going to be good, or people are going to, or the masses in general are going to like this movie, <laughs> which doesn't mean they won't, but it doesn't mean we can't we can't be surprised, but. It, it's there's just been a lot of missteps, including people saying things in the media that they shouldn't be saying. And as a movie's getting close to being released, and it's like people just seem to never learn about, about your focus needs more focus. Uh, it's just I don't know. I it'll be I'm more curious. Like I said, we talked about the uh, Star Wars last time. The ramifications thereof after this movie, where we are with Star Wars as a as a how da how this 
what is the state of Star Wars after this movie comes out? How da- how damaged is the brand compared to how damaged it was after Last Jedi? Because it could be damaged a whole, a whole lot worse. If people come out saying, as the majority of people come out thinking this movie's worse than Last Jedi, then Star Wars is in serious trouble. Because <laughs> <laughs> the Mandalorian is only going to carry it so far. Uh, even with other TV shows coming down the road, so that might increase enthusiasm too. And, and, you know, honestly, I want to see The Mandalorian, but I'm wondering if it's a, if my current excitement for the um, – for or lack thereof for the upcoming movie is impacting my drive to see Mandalorian. Because this past weekend, I was, you know, house-sitting at my sister's uh, for um, – so that they – you know, because she had a out-of-town Christmas party, so I was watching the cat and the dog. And – they have Disney Plus there. I didn't watch a single episode of The Mandalorian. Really, that is interesting. You would think you would think you would want to catch up on Baby Yoda Mania. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I will see it, and it's like I don't know. Maybe I thought the episodes were longer. Maybe I thought I'd be getting out of the house more, and I didn't want to just be binging something all weekend. I don't know, but I just, I, I just, by the time I ended up leaving to go home to get ready for the work week, I was just like, wait, I, yeah, really? I didn't watch any episodes of The Mandalorian, huh? Chad, binge drinking, yes. Binge watching, no. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to assume by the end of the month. Because I know I know I'm getting a I know I'm getting a fire stick uh, for Christmas. So assuming it, I'm getting it for by Christmas as opposed to it being back ordered or anything. That once I get the fire stick and get it set up, then I will find then I'll go through the, and and find and order Disney Plus because then I'll be able to actually watch it on something that other than my friggin' tablet. So then then it'll be worthwhile. To, doing it and then then i'll probably catch up on i'll probably catch up on mandalorian then uh of course by then the show is almost going to be over so of course it'll be a little less little less pressing but did you watch the irishman yet i have not no how about three and a half how about three and a half hours is hard to find how about your crisis on infinite earths yes i caught up on caught, caught up on the first three I saw the the only one I saw all, all of, which of course seemed to be the the most eh was the second. Well, I mean, a lot of people didn't like the first episode. I saw them. I saw Monday's episode in, in its entirety. I saw Monday's episode. I was out yesterday, so by the time I got in, I saw that I actually no, I didn't. I didn't even get to see the tail end. I think by the time I got in, uh, but I did watch the very end of the first episode on Sunday. I watched all the Mondays. And then I watched. Then I didn't get to see episode three, which kind of sucked because I missed John Wesley Ship. But now they're on hiatus until January, which is kind of which is odd. I know. I, based on the where where it really where it ended, I guess it makes sense. You can, it, that's a good point for a cliffhanger. Literally, it just seems like it's like you, you you're, you're pumping people up for three days in a row. And it's like, oh, we're gonna make you wait for weeks and weeks into January. I wasn't. So you like it? So you, so you like it so far, or you think? I mean, I like it so far. I'm I'm reserving judgment until I see how it all plays out. That's fair. Uh, if nothing there, else, there are definitely weird aspects of it, cheesy aspects of it, 
things I'd wish they'd rather have done, but like, because it's not over yet, I can't say that they haven't yet or that they, they won't do them. I get you. I get where you're coming from. I, I think no matter what, you have to at least give them credit for, uh, even trying to do something like this, considering it's, but I think, I think in a way they get, they, sometimes I think that no matter what, they're going to get burned by this just because it's like this thing they've been building up to for years and years, you know, like, I hate to phrase it this way, but like a poor man's version of Infinity War and Endgame. And then depending not only how it, how it wraps up, but then you look at what, what you've gotten so far and, and things like that. And, and as of now, still no Green Lantern, correct? Nothing. Nothing at all. Yep. Which doesn't mean it still won't happen, but... Though we do get something that you you uh, talk about sometimes. Which part? Spectre. Oh, okay. That's where I thought you were going with it, but in my mind, it's because it's so tied to Corrigan, even though obviously they, they, they potentially are giving you a different variation on where they may go with that but yes i did that i that's one of the things i was disappointed in too and not and not seeing that that i missed that episode there were a bunch of things episode three seemingly is the one by most people's accounts or reviews that that was that's the that's the best one, <clears throat> the best one so far and i kind of regret not not being home last night in time to, well do you not have the cw app yet i don't it's not on my smart tv oh damn I'll check again, but I, I check for the CW app. That's part of the that's part of the problem with with some of the older Samsungs too. That's why I can't get uh, Disney Plus on it because they only made oh, it. Check, a, check yeah. your Fire Stick when you get it. Oh, that's true too. Well, that's true. Once I get once I get the Fire Stick, then it shouldn't then it shouldn't be an issue because just like like I told you, I'm pretty sure they took it off of uh, on demand on just regular on demand for TV that I don't get to. They took the CW off of my off of my Optimum thing. So I used that's how I would always catch up. That's how I would catch up on episodes, or if I because Tuesday was is always a crappy night for me to remember that the, oh the Flash, but I always remember when it's all but it's pretty much going off the air. So that's how I would catch up to get back on to get back on track. But I, that's why I haven't seen a single episode this year because of the fact that uh, I that's taken off my taken off my uh, on demand package so I can't just go watch CW shows but yes that is that's a good point that's one of those things where once I get once I get to fire stick then that that's that's another thing that I can go back and watch and catch up on and and certainly certainly I would have time to be able to catch up on crisis on infinite earths anyway and watch and watch at least the two episodes that I never really watched all of or watched any of so yeah I'll, I'll definitely take your advice from that when I had the opportunity to do so. All right. If people want to reach out to us, how can they do so? Lanterncast.com. The email is lanterncast at gmail.com. The voicemail is 708lantern. Uh, so let us know what you think. You can follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. Hashtag GLCast. That's how you can track us down there. And we are on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. So please leave us a positive review if you listen to us on either or both platforms. All right, guys. We'll talk to you later. Good night, everybody. Good night.